Okay, hello and welcome to Lights, Camera, Transaction. My guest is Mike Liarakos, the first guest who's been on twice, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Um, and by the way, I forgot to mention, I said I liked your shirt when you came in, but I like it because it's purple, like the Minnesota Vikings, which is <laughs> where I'm from, so I appreciate the purple. It's my attempt at uh, looking like Barney, the purple dinosaur. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old school reference. Um, so the last time that you were here, we talked a lot about Waste Not OC, which has now become a bound food care. So um, I guess for the people that didn't see you the first time, talk a little bit about Waste Not OC and the transition to a bound food care and what a bound food care is and does. Sure, sure. It started as uh, Waste Not OC and it was yeah. an effort uh, in 2012 that was led by the public health officer in the county of Orange uh, to recover excess edible food, to be able to transfer that food to nonprofit agencies that feed people. It was a tool to help end food insecurity and address food waste. Um, in my restaurant, we started the program. Uh, I saw there were all these tremendous cost benefits available to an operator. Uh, first of all, the tax donation on food that I was paying the waste hauler to remove. Secondly, just the operational adjustments that we noticed we could make, uh, inventory control, production, um, ancillary benefits such as my millennial staff, which none of us understood, Love what we were doing just by being a server or a hostess or a cook. They were changing the planet. Mm -hmm. uh, they were feeding hungry people. So it was a win-win-win. Yeah. Uh, it also identified us in the community as an entity that was um, benefiting the neighborhood. So there were all these benefits. As we started putting the pieces together, meaning solving the logistics component of uh, this is where the food is at, this is where it needs to go, uh, we started to see that the food industry is willing to participate. Uh, we hate food waste, yeah. yet we waste 38% of all the food we produce in the United Isn't States. That crazy? So we always say, if we were bankers, we would be telling the tellers to throw away the dirty 20s and just keep the crisp ones. Yeah. It's, it's lunacy. Mm -hmm. So, But it illustrates why the industry doesn't participate. And it isn't necessarily liability issues. It is um, really a concern that our brands won't be protected, that that food that we donate won't be handled mm -hmm. uh, effectively. Mm -hmm. So... A bound food care addresses those issues. It transitioned from Waste Not OC because we found we needed system-wide solutions. Um, we, we had more than one national chain goal. That's great. We have a solution in Orange County, California. Mm -hmm. What do we do in other counties? Yep. What do we do in other states? Our staff transfers from location to location, region to region. We really need this national solution. And, and a bound really encapsulated what we do. In other words, there's a boundless amount of food, boundless amount of resources. Um, it was uh, just a word that really signified. And when you spell it lowercase like our logo does, you see everything is circular, just like food. It That's starts awesome. in the ground, yep. it ends in the ground. Yeah. Um, and there's a benefit uh, uh, every step away. I love that. Um, so what, what, what was the first, how did you kind of venture down this, this you know, whole mission of food waste and recovering food waste what what what's triggered that what started that for me it started in we've always been uh, community centric mm -hmm. I mean that was always our marketing was to be part of the community when my local senior center contacted me in 2012 mm -hmm. and government sequestration cuts had kicked in yeah uh, and they were having difficulty feeding the seniors yep. uh, in their daily lunch and then also Meals on Wheels, myself and another restaurateur stepped in. And it was easy. And seniors loved it. The guest counts went up. Yeah. Um, and we contacted the county to say, look, we'll do the work. We have the staff. We have the facility. Um, you know, what are the guidelines 
for receiving donated food because we know where the food's at also. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it got started. We realized that there was a, you know, again, this countywide effort uh, spearheaded by the public health officer. We jumped in right away. My background is, is all food industry, but it's varied. It was time spent as a distributor, sales rep, a manufacturer and processor in the poultry industry, and uh, you know, and then also a restaurateur for mm. almost 30-some years. Mm -hmm. So we knew where the food is at. We knew how to mitigate those concerns. Yeah. That's kind of how it got started. And then the idea that it's just a numbers game. Yeah. We have all these people who are food insecure, and we have all this food we throw away. It's really a no-brainer. Yeah. So talk a little bit about the process of... You know, what happens, so let's say a restaurant, for example, they have this food waste. Mm -hmm. um, where does a bound come in? You know, how does that process kind of work from beginning to end from a high level? Yeah, so what a bound does is it connects public, nonprofit, and private industry. Mm -hmm. All those resources that are available. So our best partners are the food banks, the nonprofit agencies that feed people. Um, in California, there's state legislation that mandates a reduction in organic waste that mm -hmm. ends up in landfill. Uh, it mandates that certain food service operators, uh, it goes by size of facility, uh, participate. So there's a role for the public sector as well. And then, you know, we just kind of marshal all those resources. So the process is, um, you know, fairly complicated. It's simplistic to think that all sure. the food that's donated goes to one recipient. Right. Especially when we're talking about large quantities of food from sure. processors, manufacturers. So what we do is we are able to identify where that food is at. We'll use technology to track where it can go, who are the potential recipients of it, and then put the logistics pieces in place to deliver that product to where it needs to go. And then all along the step, or every step of the way, uh, we mitigate the food safety concerns. We track the time and the temperature when it's picked up, the time and temperature when it's dropped off, provide the donor uh, with the data so they can use that for the tax deduction. Also, that data goes to the municipality or the, you know, the jurisdiction, the county, so that they can comply with state law. But every step of the way, mm -hmm. there are nuances to this. Um, and we kind of just identify solutions to all these gaps that exist. So just to follow up, yeah, I'll identify the gaps for you. Um, cold storage is always one. Logistics is the other. Mm -hmm. um, outreach is fairly simple in our industry. Yep. We know what it takes to yep. get donors to donate. Yep. Um, in Orange County alone, since we started this in 2015, 92 million pounds of food have been recovered. That's incredible. That feed people. Prior to us, that food was destined for a landfill. Yeah. Uh, but we identified these gaps that mm -hmm. existed, mm -hmm. uh, cold storage being one. Yeah. So we asked our board um, of directors to participate in finding solutions. Mm -hmm. And one of them stepped up to identify the need for a solar-powered cold storage. Yeah. And we've now been able to uh, develop the first uh, in the world, fully sustainable, sub-zero freezer unit. And it's using a shipping container that's insulated, used to move food back and forth across the ocean. Uh, it's now sitting on the campus of Anaheim High School. And that's used as a logistics tool, a short-term cold storage solution. So when food is available, especially in large quantity, and it's perishable, and it's available after hours, it's on a Friday at 9 o'clock, it's a trucking firm that has this product and, you know, it was denied, they have another run, this food's out there. We can drop that product in this unit and it will hold the temperature until we can move it to a food bank or agencies. Amazing. It's also a logistics tool for uh, the food banks yeah. to be able to get food out into the community, especially yeah. in rural areas 
or areas that are not close to a food bank, it's a logistics hub. Yeah. It allows them to service multiple nonprofit agencies yeah. by getting this food. So that's one of the gaps. That's incredible. Um, I, you know, it's uh, as long as we've known each other and, and I've known about what you guys do, I've never really considered the the food temperature aspect and how vital that is and how much truly has to go into that behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, a, that's got to be one of the biggest components is that temperature regulation. Otherwise, it's all for nothing. Yeah. Yeah, food safety is the number yeah. one issue. And that's where I think our value was. Yeah. So when we got into this, we were working with people and entities that just wanted to help others. And that's noble and it's wonderful. But our industry doesn't understand mm-hmm. why I am obligated to keep track of temperature and time and mitigate these concerns and have a facility that's in a certain condition, yet we're willing to feed people a certain way without any of those yep. Um, safeguards. Yep. It's it's actually very disrespectful to the people that we're serving. Sure. Um, and then also the product we were serving them yeah. was not up to speed. Yeah. There is still an element of when in doubt, throw it out. Mm-hmm. And there's still some product that really should be used for composting or anaerobic digestion as a biofuel, yeah. something other than feeding people. Yeah. Um, let's let's transition a little bit into the actual restaurant world and as a restaurateur. Um, Things have, have uh, certainly been a roller coaster the last year and a half, and I know one of the, the biggest issues is um, is finding staff and hiring. And mm-hmm. so, um, talk a little bit about your restaurant and how you're handling that, and you know how you see the the industry as a whole right now. Yeah, uh, you know we in the industry had a certain type of uh, need before COVID. Back yeah. of the house help was always tough to get. Yeah. Um, I remember vividly, I'm third generation, so I remember vividly a conversation I had with my dad. I was actually eavesdropping into a conversation he was having, and I think it might have been with uh, Doug Cavanaugh from Ruby's, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But my dad was talking about how the industry was shooting itself in the foot because we were heavily reliant on Hispanic labor from Mexico, and we weren't paying them enough. It was a a way of keeping wages down. And I, I remember my dad going, you know, eventually you end up coming up on the short end of the stick in the long run because their kids aren't going to want to do what their parents did. Yeah. They're not going to want to see them work, you know, two jobs and, you know, not be able to make a living. And that's where we're at. Yeah. You know, yeah. the the kids of uh, the cooks that I grew up with, they're they're professionals. They've gone to school, they've gotten there. So there's this void yeah. in our industry. Yeah. COVID kind of accelerated that. It's mm-hmm. kind of illustrated a lot of shortcomings and that being one of them. And ironically, it's one of the ways that that the abound model kind of helps because with all of this bulk food that's recovered, we need to repurpose it. Mm -hmm. So we establish a network of food repurposing kitchens, up to seven right now. Um, And these repurposing kitchens provide culinary skills training. And the beauty of this is it services a need, a short-term need in our industry, Mm -hmm. in that it provides us with cooks, back of the house help. But for them, it provides them with a you know, a jump start into a potential career path that's not just limited to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe you could be a POS uh, <laughs> sales rep because you know the back of the house. Yep. You learn the front of the house. Yep. It's spider webs into sales, yeah. marketing, yeah. risk management. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they go into distribution. There's all these different career paths so true. that start in the back of a house or yeah. start in a restaurant. Yeah. I have to share, I, I, years ago when I was an, uh, you know, a, a, an employee in that restaurant that I bought, yeah. Uh, I had a classmate of mine who was a really sharp woman, became the ambassador to Austria, mm-hmm. super smart back then. Um, and, and she will mention, I know from time to time, how um, you know, that, that waitressing job 
was really foundational. I mean, it teaches you so many intangibles, yeah. not just about how to work, but dealing with the public, um, working quickly, yep. thought process, et cetera. Yeah, multitasking, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so the industry is, I think, looking for these solutions. Yeah. Um, you know, and part of it is just training. Let's get, you know, people yeah. wherever we can. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful that in the long run, and I think we're already seeing some small things that are positive that have come from COVID, as weird as mm -hmm. that is to say. Um, but some things did need to change. And uh, I think it's, it's exposed a lot of things in the restaurant business, for better or worse, that, that just need to be adapted to. And as a restaurateur, you're probably trying to look at like, well, what does the model look like over the next mm -hmm. few years um, as far as hiring, retaining, compensation? Yeah. How do we charge our customers, the hours that we operate, the things that are on your menu, you have to kind of evaluate everything. But mm -hmm. yeah, I've seen a lot of people in the restaurant world last year around this time, or maybe even a little bit earlier, you know, March, April, May, when things were uncertain and their restaurants were getting closed down, people were furloughed was the big mm -hmm. term of 2020. And um, <laughs> I know people that were either involved directly or indirectly in the restaurant business that just we're kind of forced to do something else. Mm -hmm. And most of those people are still doing what they went to go do. So um, it's, it's, I think we lost a good chunk of the, the, the lifers, the people that, yes. you know, they've been a bartender server forever. And now they maybe went to an office job and they're mm -hmm. nine to five and they're like, you know what, it's kind of nice working regular so hours you know, and not smelling like food. And, it's right? true. So selfishly, yeah. we lost a good portion of our key, um, personnel yeah who had been with us for years but it's you know it needed to happen yeah so there were so many that were in this field and some of them were servers or some of them were used to the tip money yeah and that's an allure even though they had completed their education they had their degree but that cash is kind of an allure that keeps them in it right this forced them to go out of their comfort zone it also gave them the opportunity especially a lot of their students who were college students it gave them those jobs that others weren't filling that role and it opened the door for them yeah created a void for us, but you know, in the long run, that's good because yeah. we, they're part of our family. We yeah. want them and it's time to usher in the new generation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Mike, it's, it's always a pleasure to, to, uh, chat with you and have you on and for people that are interested to follow along with you or about food care, mm -hmm. throw out a website or social media page where, where should people find you? Sure. Aboundfoodcare.org is our website. Um, you can find us on all the social media platforms as Abound Food Care. Um, so please engage in what we do because uh, this is a national movement to feed hungry people with excess food and it can be done. I'm blown away at how much our industry wants to participate yeah. and, uh, and the solutions there now. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats on all your success. Thank and, you. Thank and, you for your uh, help. appreciate everything you're doing for the, for the restaurant business appreciate and the industry. Mike Learakos, I'm Paul. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Wah, 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 wah,